every once in a while, um, we read the scriptures and something that is obvious and has obvious spiritual lesson to us has other implications. Um, maybe you're reading through something and there's a, a you kind of take a rabbit trail off into archaeology or something. I, I do that all the time when I'm studying for these. A lot of the material that I go through never makes it into these sermons. I just find it interesting and I'll just kind of go somewhere for like an hour and a half and it might pop up in another sermon somewhere else or whatever, but, but there's these little side notes and, and they can deepen our faith just as much, even though that might not be what the, the text is about. Uh, maybe a scientific, you, we go through the book of Job and there's some really interesting things. It's not really what the, the book overall is about, but there's some interesting uh, information in there. Whatever it is, the, the Bible is such a diverse, diverse book. And when we encounter these, I, I do think it is good to, to take note of these, even if they're not the main lesson. So often we spend time and, and we only cover the main lesson. And um, we, I think we, we kind of deprive ourselves a little bit. We've been talking about uh, this in this series, just, just kind of a, a, a silly idea, you know, uh, that, that Jesus, what, what does Jesus do when he eats, right? Just kind of an odd idea of maybe something we, we haven't thought about as Jesus eats, what, what is happening. But Jesus takes even these everyday common events of, of sitting down and eating a meal, and he makes it valuable, right? Just that is what uh, makes, I think, Christ so much uh, of a better teacher. He just sees every opportunity, every, what makes him so efficient. How did Jesus do what he did in three and a half years? Well, every opportunity, every opportunity was something to, to give to people. And I think we're going to look at that a little bit today and maybe a, a text that we're going to look at. Um, I want to look at this story in Matthew chapter, or excuse me, Mark chapter seven. We're going to read uh, both versions of it because there are just, just a, a, a slight difference in the telling of it. Um, Mark chapter 7. And this is one of those stories that when we read it to our kids, we like the, the beginning, we like the end, and, and we kind of maybe don't, don't hit the middle so much. But Mark chapter 7, verse 1. Uh, the Pharisees and some of the scribes came together to him, having come from Jerusalem, when they saw some of his disciples eating bread uh, with defiled, that is to say, unwashed hands. They found fault, for the Pharisees and the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way, holding the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other things which they have received and they hold like the washing of cups and pitchers and copper vessels and uh, couches. And I don't know what that is. You wash your couch. But uh, anyway, uh, the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why do your disciples not walk according to your tradition of the elders, but they eat with unwashed hands? And he answered and said to them, oh, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? For it is written, they honor with me with their lips, but their hearts far from me in vain. They worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Let's go to Matthew chapter 15 and verse 1. Beginning Matthew chapter 15, same story, uh, just kind of told a slightly different way. Maybe you won't even notice it. Uh, but 
I think it would be good to, to get both. Uh, Matthew 15, verse 1, the scribes and Pharisees from Jerusalem came to Jesus. And they asked, why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. And he answered to them and said, why do you also transgress the commandments of God? Because of your tradition. For God commanded you say, uh, honor your father and mother. He who curses father and mother should be put to death. But you say, whoever, puts his, uh, whoever says to his father or mother, the things that you might have received from me has been donated as a gift to God. And then he need not honor his father or mother. Because of that, and so you've made the commandment of God no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying these people draw near to me with their mouth? They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain, they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. So when he called the multitude to himself, he said, hear and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a man. When his disciples came and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? And he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And the blind leads to the blind. They will fall into a ditch. So Peter said, explain this to us. Jesus said, are you still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever goes into the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? That those things which come out of the mouth, they come from the heart. Those defile a man. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemy. These things defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands doesn't defile him. Now there's three basic parts of the story. We've, we've seen stories with a lot of moving parts and different groups and here and there. And uh, we've gone into the background of some of them. I might do a little bit, but, but this has less moving parts to me. Um, there's a setup, right? We see that's provided by the Pharisees and the disciples. Disciples not eating with washed hands. Pharisees take exception to that. That's the setup. There is the spiritual application, which we kind of skip to at the end. So we kind of like that. But then there's this little thing in the middle, right? That we kind of eh, don't know about this one. And this is where Jesus makes a physical observation. He makes a scientific statement that probably a lot of us don't like. Uh, for the most part in this lesson, we've been bypassing the easy lesson, right? trying to go into and get something deeper out of this. But this doesn't have a whole lot. And so we're going to go over the, the easy lesson, but we're just going to kind of get there in a wide route, if you don't mind. We're going to take the, the, the long road. And that long road is going to take us maybe through some inconvenient information. For those of you who have certain rules in your household, I'm not saying you should not have these rules in your household, but I just want to illustrate some things. How many of you have ever disagreed with Jesus? Well, I've never disagreed with Jesus. Oh, yes, I, I have quite a few times. And the last time I, I've been keeping account, the score is a bajillion to Right. So I have disagreed with Jesus quite a lot. Uh, but the problem is, is that I'm always wrong uh, when I do this. Um, it, it, you read this story. This is one of those stories you read and you go, I'm kind of with them. I, I kind of agree with them. And they, they are disagreeing with Jesus. So it doesn't make me feel too comfortable being with them, but I'm still kind of with them. 
And I think that's why we, need to get, we, we, we sometimes get to the straight, the, the, the intended lesson at the end of it all is because we just kind of move past that middle section that would make me feel a whole lot more comfortable. But we need to, to talk about the inconvenient part. <clears throat> How many people here consider themselves germaphobes? Anybody? Oh, I expected at least someone would say germaphobe. Well, that's good. We have no germaphobes. How many of you uh, make sure you buy antibacterial soap? You go down the thing, you, you buy antibacterial soap. Wow. I expected more hands on that one, too. Uh, I, had, I, I knew a germaphobe. He said, do you know that all hand soap is antibacterial? I said, what? He's like, read the back of it. There's sterile this and methyl this and chlorine this. And I mean, they're all chlorine and alcohol in the, in the inside. I was like, I didn't know that. He's like, yeah, they just say antibacterial and charge you an extra buck for it. It's like, wow, I didn't know that. Now I know something to make me a, a buck richer. How many of you regularly use hand sanitizer? Oh, good, good. I love you guys. Um, what do bacteria, surface bacteria, do you know what they eat? We're going to get a little gross. Do you know what they eat? This is interactive. Dead skin, dead cells, right? You, they eat, they kind of what help life go along. Yeah, they eat dead skin cells, all, anything dead, it's on there, they kind of eat it. They're kind of good, they're helpful, right? What happens when you use hand sanitizer? Huh? You kill, you kill a lot of bacteria, yeah, good, good, bad, whatever's on there, and you create a lot of dead cells. So all these other, then you don't kill all of them, you just kill about like, you know, I don't know what, 10 million of them or something. And so what happens is there's this mass funeral on your hands. And, uh, and, and, and the ones that have survived come to, to bury, you know, 10 million of their, their, their lost, their friends and relatives. But, but you've also provide the buffet table. So, so they then eat 10 million of their dead friends and relatives, right? And you also, there's a little alcohol there, so you have an open bar. Uh, you just, you kind of... You, what happens next is, you know, what happens, I guess, when, when the bacteria get drunk is you now have a baby boom generation, right? You now have, you end up about 15 minutes later with more bacteria than you started out with. That's, that's what happens when you use hand sanitizer. Just thought you might want to know that because now you're going to walk in the store and go, that's so nasty, right? The germaphobes, I don't know if they all realize that. Why, why do we take that side trip? I want to remember who these guys are. I want to remember who these guys are because we're missing a few people here, but we've got a couple. I know we've had people here who have dragged a dead deer through the woods, got back to their truck exhausted and wiped their hands on the grass and opened up a bag of Fritos. I know that's happened. I know that's happened, right? Oh, that's so nasty, right? I know some of you have been sitting there like, like Peter, Andrew, James, and John sitting in a boat and, and got done like worming the hook and all that. And you got greasy, nasty worm guts on your hand and take a sandwich out of the cooler. Maybe you rinsed it off in the, in the lake. I don't know. That's just as nasty. Right? You did, this is Peter, Andrew, James, and John. They, they, don't, they don't live in the world 
that we live in. They've eaten worm gut sandwiches for forever. And the Pharisees are like, ew. And they're like, what? This is every day to me. And so we look and we kind of go, I'm kind of with the Pharisees. So that's who these guys are. One comes from this posh world where you've got to be hand sanitizer. That's the Pharisees. They're the hand sanitizer people. And then there's the worm gut people. And in between them, there's Jesus. And that kind of makes for something interesting. We consider ourselves superior to them in knowledge, don't we? Yeah, yes, we are. We're vastly superior. I I went over, even within our own time frame, you and I live in 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 a place where we are just we have abundant, you don't even know the knowledge you have because it's, you're just raised with it. I went over to Ukraine. Our last child was inconveniently timed, and he decided to be born over there. Uh, and, and we couldn't come back to the United States. Now, we had had three children born here in the United States, but the last one was is a little obstinate. And so he, he, he decided to make things difficult for us. And so the hospitals over there are kind of like walking into like a Civil War infirmary. And I kid you not. Uh, and uh, so, so they have like those old springy mattress beds. That, that's, what, that's where he was born. And it's kind of gross. And so they also have this the old tradition of guys stay outside. They still do that over there. So they were not ready for me. And I walked in. Now they have a thing over there. You, 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 when you come in, you take off your shoes, wear your slippers and all. I mean, robe, whatever. So, okay, fine. So I go there. And there's this waiting room, and all the, the, the good parents and, and the, good, the good husbands are waiting there patiently for, for visiting hours. I walked in, I'm like, weird. And uh, I, got, I have a backpack. I was prepared. I, was, I had all my stuff to change into. And, and the nurse, she says, uh, she says you're going to have to wait here. I says, ma'am, this is your choice. I said, I can walk in with my street clothes, or I can walk in with the slippers and stuff that I brought. And she didn't know what to do. So I grabbed the door and I was like, oh, put your slippers on. Okay, so we walked in. They weren't ready for that. They didn't know. And all the people were like, you can do that? Like, there's, a part of me, there's a part of me that hoped that I started a revolution, but I doubt it. So I get in. That's not the, that's not the main. I get in and they're sitting there telling my wife. And I, the very first, we went through Lamaze class and all that stuff with our first one. So I know certain things. It's, it's not a, and I've watched it in the hospital room. They're telling me she can't get out of bed. Walk around. That's what every nurse has told me. Walk around. Walk around till you can't walk no more. Take a shower, do whatever. Oh, no, you can't take a shower. You get an infection. All sorts of things. Like, you guys are weird. Then they tell us, oh, no, she can't drink water. That's like what you're supposed to do. I know this. I've watched a little, I've watched the thing, and what, I, I'm trying to explain this to them in bad Russian. Then it didn't compute. I know certain things just because of where I've lived. I'm, I've got an advantage. And these are people that live at the same point in time as me. Now go back 2,000 years. And just by virtue of the fact of where you live, 
there, ma the majority of the people in here have better scientific knowledge than Luke the physician. Say, what? He was, a, he was a writer. Yes. He probably didn't know CPR. Reality. He probably didn't know how to stop an infection. I mean, every one of you run, you, oh, I got a, whatever's got a little cut. You run over hydrogen peroxide. He didn't know that. Right? Like, like little kids know that. This is the difference between these groups of people, but we're missing one thing, aren't we? There's one person in this story that we're not talking about, and that is the creator of life. The creator of life is in this story, and it happens to be him that says the thing we don't like. I mean, if the apostles had said this, we, you know, they didn't know. If the Pharisees had said something, we, eh, you know, they didn't. it's the Pharisees. But Jesus says something we don't like, but he's the one that knows. Jesus makes a scientific statement. A general truth, not universal. It has exceptions. But he's washing the hands. He says, eh. I know some of you have the rule, wash the hands before supper. Okay, I'm not telling you not to have that rule, but I'm just telling you, Jesus said, eh. The creator of parasites and viruses and bacteria said, eh. He makes a general statement that the body tends to work a certain way. Not, that, not saying that there's no exceptions to it. I'm not telling you to go sniff an envelope of anthrax. But I'm telling you, the body tends to take care of things. I can go fly on a plane right now to, uh, to Ukraine and drink a big glass of tap water, and I won't get a case of Vladimir's Revenge. Because I lived there for 11 years. And the body does. And there was probably a point in time when I got the rumbly tumblies. But uh, just, you know, the body works. The body does things. And it figures it out. That's the creator. He says there's a lot bigger fish to fry than that. We have to train ourselves to tune out information that we are bombarded by, just like the disciples. There's probably, you even look at the, the disciples, and they start to doubt themselves. They're like, uh, you said something, and they're upset. What do we do? You said, eh. We get bombarded by information that disagrees with something that the creator of the universe said 2,000 years ago. I want you to stop for a moment and think about where the information you are bombarded with every day comes from. It comes from people who think that you are a cosmic mistake. As a result of that, life happened. And, and, and as a result of that, there's all these little changes that just completely randomly happened and spontaneously and, uh, that were caused by this and that mutation. And over a period of whatever years, you came along completely randomly. 
Well, when you get that philosophy, what happens is that you interpret life as being a whole lot more fragile than it really is. But see, every day, what you don't know, because your body is taking care of it while you're up here thinking and doing the things that you do, what you don't know is that your body every day for 24 hours, yes, while you're sleeping, you want to do some research, research what's in your pillow. I'll just say that it weighs more when you get rid of it than when you buy it. You're bombarded by toxins all day long, and you never know it because your body handles it. That's why Jesus goes, yeah, not a big deal. Body takes care of it. I've designed it. I know how it works. You've got bigger things to worry about. Life isn't so fragile. See, if there's no creator, then there's no protector of life. There's no order. There's no design. It's just, it's kind of fragile and it's waiting at any moment to all fall apart. But the creator is standing there. And it would make me feel a lot better if, 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 uh, if the creator said, yeah, you should probably use hand sanitizer, Peter. But he didn't. And this is where we get to the spiritual lesson. This is where we get to where we want to go. I want you to think about a virus. I said, it's worse than Ebola because it kills 100% of the people that get infected with it. I mean, Ebola's high. was 70% or something like that. That's dangerous. What if you got the 100%? You're going to die. Woo you want to talk about panic? I said, well, it's worse than that because 100% of people who even contact it will get sick and therefore they'll die. Now we've got, that's, that's really serious. But I said, one more thing to add is that 100% of people are eventually going to contact it. Well, now that's a death sentence, isn't it? James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Verse 14, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and is enticed. So when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. We have the transmission, the incubation, and the infection. They call it convalescence. That's where the end stage of this virus called temptation We've all been tempted. We've all contracted the disease called sin. And we're all, all of us have paid the price. We don't seem to have the same panic, do we? This is this way serious. Do you understand why way back in Matthew and in Mark, Jesus says, you're really barking up the wrong tree there. We got something a lot worse going on in, on this planet than unwashed hands. That text originally listed a significant number of pathogens, didn't it? 
Talk about all those things that, that come out of the heart, out of the mouth. Now, we've all been to the grocery store recently, so you've all listened to the radio or turned the TV on. So you've all memorized some things for the last year. You know, there's, there's space in my brain that's been occupied, and I kind of resent it. Because up until about a year and a half ago, I, I had other things to do with the, that space in my brain. And since then, and this is the stupid thing, is, is I have actively sought out information to occupy that space in my brain that I don't even want in there. And I sit there and I'll read stuff on the internet. Search out this information that I really don't even want. That is the height of stupidity. Now, oh, what did this person say about this? And, and I, I gather all this information. And I don't even want it. It makes me frustrated. Why do I do that? I don't know. So let's kind of use at least what's been forced upon us. You've memorized three things. I know you've memorized these things. James chapter 4, verse 8. See if this sounds familiar. Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands. You sinners. Purify your hearts. You double-minded. Been told to wash your hands a few times? Good. Jesus said so too. Just kind of, he was thinking about something different. Our lifestyle needs a little sanitation. This is, this is where we begin. little counterintuitive. Jesus applies something a little bit differently. Not your literal hands, but the symbol of your lives, the, the actions, the things that we do. We've contracted a disease. It's fatal. And Jesus says, I got a solution. You're going to have to do some sanitation. Not water. Not even hyssop, according to David. You're going to sanitize yourself with the most disgusting substance that you can think of, blood. I would not clean my hands with blood. Jesus says, that's where I'd start. Start with blood. Start with my blood. That's where sanitation occurs. Okay. Well, that's not all I've memorized. Second Timothy chapter 3, I've memorized this one. I've heard this one over. And over. Maybe you won't recognize it, maybe you will. Second Timothy chapter three. Verse one, he says, Know this in the last days perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of self. Look at this list of pathogens here. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. They'll be traitors, headstrong, proud, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. Hold the social distance a little bit. This is what you want to steer clear of. 
This is where you want to not place yourself. It is healthy to avoid contact with things that you know are going to expose you to these contaminants. Oh, and First John chapter 4. The one other thing I've been told, oh, I've been told this. I've had people come up to me in places and ask me why I don't. I do, just not like you think. First John chapter 4. You're going to wonder where I'm going with this one. Beloved, verse 1, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. That word spirit is the word breath. Test the breath. Mask up. I can't always remove myself from society. In fact, Paul said in 1 Corinthians, it's not really a good idea to do that. I think we've learned one thing in the last year. It's, it's unhealthy to, to be isolated from people. Right? This morning, I, I've seen faces that, that I haven't seen in a year. Isn't it refreshing to see faces you haven't seen in a year? That has not been good for us emotionally. So I can't always keep myself, and I shouldn't keep myself from people. That was done, you know, thousands of years ago. They, they called it monasteries. It wasn't good for people. So in those moments where I have to be around people that I know practice things and, and, and say things th that aren't healthy, it's good for me to have a filter and develop a filter because I can't always be in a sterile environment. If I was in a sterile environment, I, I couldn't really do things for the people in with the, with the health problems. That's the other thing. Hey, doctors. Doctors don't get that advantage, do they? You kind of, we've talked about that for a while. Doctors are the ones that help people. They kind of have to be unprotected or less protected for the virtue of what they do. And that's kind of who we are. We're, we're, we are supposed to be the ones that help people in a community. I, I can't help people around me if I'm not around them. We've seen all sorts of things in our society go wrong because of this isolation. God says, you've got to develop a filter. You've got to develop some sort of way that you can maintain your spirituality to be able to identify when, when those things are coming in and, and deal with them at that point. So we have to figure out a filter and so here's the conclusion why do we do these things this is this is the counterintuitive part of this well the world around us has chosen to do these three things and in choosing to do these three things there's been a choice and here's the choice and, and, and jesus kind of takes this and turns it upside down a little bit 
in the medical field, there's a thing called tolerance. We talk about pain tolerance. That's a good thing, right? Pain tolerance is good. Or it can be good. Or there's a, a tolerance that your body builds up, like, like me going and living in a foreign country and drinking the water, right? Your body builds up a tolerance. That's a good thing. Because your body's dealing with things and, and you're developing immunities naturally to things. It's tolerance. And we think of that as a good thing. But Jesus spiritually says, here's the problem. You have to make a choice between tolerance and prevention. Right? That's the, what the world, at least, is probably going to figure out you know, 15 or 20 years from now when we look at statistics. Is, is in doing these things, we've made a choice. Okay, this is a choice we, we, to prevent. But in doing that, you have to choose between that and physical tolerance. And Jesus says on the alternate side, the, the, the reason spiritually, let's focus on the spiritual. The reason that we do these things is so that we don't build up a tolerance for sin. We do not want to get immune to the, this thing. We, we don't want that. You ever, you ever develop a tolerance for sin, you don't notice it. That's a bad thing. This is like the reverse kind of idea. Right? Throughout this whole lesson, Jesus is kind of saying the opposite of everything that you and I think. That's kind of what Jesus does. Right? Jesus always says the opposite of what you think. He says, you know, on tolerance. I've used this illustration before, but movie night rolls around. It's my turn to pick. There's a tolerance up there. When you get five minutes into a movie from the 80s, and you go, oh, dad. Because right? of tolerance. I forgot some of those things. I didn't notice those things. I just completely didn't notice it. Built up a tolerance. And I can look at it and not notice it. That's a bad thing. Not a good thing. Body, good. Spiritually, bad. So I want today as we leave, leave you with a lesson from this. And maybe the next time you're, you're in a grocery store and you hear the thing that comes on like 30 times before you get out the door, it, it'll draw your mind to this lesson. To do everything everything in your power to make sure I know this is sounds backwards to make sure you do everything in your power to make sure that you're still affected by sin say what be affected by it because you're going to be around someone who go Jesus Christ you notice that here don't you what did he do but we get around certain people and, and, and it doesn't affect us, does it? Just, uh, be affected by it. You're affected by it when it's up here. It makes me feel weird doing it. Be affected by it. Whatever the contaminant is that you're around, when, when you're in school, in college, at work, your buddies, be affected by it. 
don't allow yourself to build up a tolerance because from the heart, from those things that we take in, that's what comes out. And that's really where the real danger lies.